0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adel. We're continuing in our series over Psalm 23. Today we are covering verses 2 and 3. If you want to turn with me, here's where I feel like the Lord is leading us today. Psalm 23, we're going to just keep working through this one. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So her name's Renee, so I'll leave if you want me to. You got it? Let's do it. Father God, I just thank you for my wife. I thank you for her. her
1: servant's heart, God. Right now, Lord, even as she's struggling in her body, Father God, your word says Isaiah 53:5 that you are wounded for our transgressions, you are bruised yeah. for our iniquities, the chastisement of our things is upon you, and with your stripes we are healed. So Father God, we partake of the children's bread, which is healing. Yeah.
0: amen amen if you want to turn with me to psalm 23 we're going to read through this together this is out of the christian standard bible i realize that probably most of y'all don't use this one or maybe some of y'all have switched over but uh because y'all get tired of me reading a different version but it it may look a little different in your bible but it says the lord is my shepherd i have what i need he lets me lie down in green pastures He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen. Amen. We started last week in verse number one, and it says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need, or you're probably more familiar with, I shall not want, or I have no lack. So we talked about how the good shepherd, he feeds, he leads, and he protects, and so Today, we're going to be in verses 2 and 3, and I'll just read those again real fast. It says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Green pastures in quiet waters. What what word comes to mind when you hear those things? Peace? Rest? Yeah. Peace, rest, refreshing, exactly. And and you look at this time where you have the good shepherd who leads us out of those times. You know, Israel really has, Texas has one season pretty much. It's just hot most of the time. It's just miserable. But Israel has two seasons primarily The cold or cool, rainy season, which runs from October to April. And then the kind of dry, hot season will run from May to September. So that's kind of the seasons that they have in Israel. And so when David is writing this, he says, he leads me to green pastures. He lets me lie down in green pastures. And then it says, and by quiet waters. And so what what he's looking at is you're coming out of that season that has been dry, dry, frustrating, drought, rough, patchy. And he's leading you out of that season as, as the shepherd. And he's leading you into a season that has green pastures. And so when we begin to look at this, we look at peace. We look at refreshing. We look at rest. It's taking us out of those seasons that are dry, that are rough, that are frustrating. And he takes us into places where we can be refreshed, And so we begin to look at this, and I love this because he's leading us into rest. And he even says in John 10, like we've been trying to go like Psalm 23, John 10, because that's where Jesus comes in as the good shepherd. And Jesus says in John chapter 10, I'll read uh, 7 through 10. It says, Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by my name, he will be saved, and he will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. He says, I am the gate. So if we are to come into seasons of rest and refreshing... And of peace. It is only by entering through Jesus Christ. He is the gate by which we enter into rest. You know, we we spend a lot of time looking for rest. It's something that I think we all know that we need. You talk to just about anybody, and what do they want? Rest. I'm tired. I'm busy. And, you know, a lot of times we we brag about how busy we are, but it's just to hide the fact that we're tired and we need rest. And we talk about, oh, so busy doing this, doing that. Moms, I I don't know how you do it, but y'all do it. And what do you need? You need rest. It's something that we all know that we need, but yet we spend most of our time looking for rest in other places. We think that we're going to find rest in other things other than Jesus, and it's not going to happen. He is the gate to which we enter in the green pastures. This Vacations will not bring you rest. You talk to anybody that just get, got back from vacation, Brady and Amy might be an exception to that because, they, you know, no kids. But they come back from a vacation, and what, what is a phrase that you will hear people say when they come back from vacation? Exhausted. I need a what? I need a vacation from my vacation. Because what did, they go, what did they go after? Rest. And what did they find? Busyness. But all we want to do is go on our next vacation so that we need another vacation. Vacations will not give you rest. Food is good, but it will not give you rest. Naps. Never been a nap guy. I took one about four years ago. But naps will not give you rest. There are things that we try to fill our lives with. Money will not give you rest. Man, if I could just get to this level, then I can work less. It will not give you rest. Oh, oh I'm going to go out hunting this weekend and, man, just get rest. It, It's work. It's not restful because you're always busy doing something. We look for all of these things. We look at alcohol. To give us rest for drugs for addiction for for, for pornography like I just need a rest I need a break from my life and then I'll come back to it and the truth is when you go to any other source other than Jesus Christ you will not find rest he says you will enter through me you will come in and you will go out through me and you will find pasture no one nothing else will do now I, I will say in moderation all of those things are great I'm not against money. I'm not against vacations. I'm obviously not against food. That was pretty obvious, right? But like in moderation, those things are good and they are glorious. But if you look to those things to satisfy the deep longings of your soul, it will never happen. Vacations, if we're not careful, they will become something that we are proud of. We can't wait to tell everybody where we went because there's a deep longing in our soul to be known and to be seen and to be important. Food, if we're not careful, will become something that because we are unhappy with our life that we turn to to find rest and we become dissatisfied in ourselves even more. We are upset and then we eat and then when we eat, we're upset. These things in moderation, they're good. Like, like alcohol, I'm not even going in, into a lot on that, but but what I'm saying is that we use alcohol to mask our hurt and our pain. But yet we don't find rest at all. And then we just end up in the same place the next day. Money, if it's not used properly, will become a tool that we think is for rest if we can just reach reach a certain status. But yet we use money because there's a deep longing in our soul to be important, to be somebody, to do better than our parents did. If we're not careful, we'll try to find rest and identity and value in those things. But yet the longing of our soul is still there. The longing of our soul is there because there's separation between us and God. Rest comes from clinging to Jesus. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Because the longing of your soul is to be reunited with him. For there to no longer be any separation from him. Colossians 1, 20 through 22. Can I be lazy and not flip to it? Do you have it up there? He does. Good. This is talking about Jesus says, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. We can have peace with God because of the work of Jesus Christ. That, that is why we will find rest, because no matter what's happening, no matter if, if we are busy at work, no matter if we don't like ourselves, if we don't feel worthy, we can find rest because of the work of the cross. Yeah. You, nothing else will satisfy the longing of your heart other than to know that you're at peace with him. It says that you are hostile towards him, but now you've been made right with him. It says that now he presents you as holy and faultless. I don't know if that gives you rest or not, but that should. A Dr. Pepper today will not give you rest, like knowing that you are being presented as holy, as faultless, and blameless before him. To know that there's no separation between you and him puts you at rest. I know you might not have money to pay your bills. I know that you might not like your job. I know that you might need a vacation, but those will not give you rest because rest only comes through him. Rest means remembering Jesus' sacrifice at all times. At all times, whether I have plenty or I am in lack. I remember his sacrifice and all is okay. Whether my wife is happy with me or whether she's still not happy with me. I can be at peace. That, that, you'll have to listen to that one on the recording to get that one. I can be at peace. That doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, whatever, blow her off. But it means that I can have peace because I can remember his sacrifice at all times. John 19.30, it says that Jesus, he was on the cross. Before he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. It is finished. All things necessary to satisfy the Father were accomplished by Jesus Christ. So now you and I can find rest. All things necessary to please the Father have already been accomplished. It is by His work of the finished cross, not by your works. You cannot do enough to be at peace with God. You you can't tithe enough, you can't serve enough, you can't come to church even when you don't feel like it, you've been cramping in your kneecap, you can't do that enough, that's hypothetical. You can't do all of those things enough to have peace with God. Peace from God only comes because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it only comes by remembering that. Just because it happened doesn't mean like you have peace. It's at all times I remember. I keep on the forefront of my mind at all times He paid the price. All things necessary to please God have already been accomplished. The wrath of God does not fall on me anymore. It's been satisfied in Jesus Christ. We find this rest by coming to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. He said, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The invitation to rest is an invitation to Jesus Christ. It's not to something, it's to someone. You can only rest not in something, but in someone, and that's Jesus Christ. It says that he is the gate. And here's what I love about the word, because we want to think that, oh man, all I got to do is just come to him, it's great. Jesus is so good. But here's what it says. Acts 3, 19 and 20. It says, repent. Repent. Come to him. And times of refreshing will follow. Do you want to be refreshed? Learn to live a life of repentance. And that's not something we want to preach, right? We want to preach all the other things. But repentance is key to being refreshed. Times of refreshing come after times of repentance. Why? Because the longing of our heart has been satisfied. That separation that we felt has now been satisfied. I no longer feel feel separated from him. Repentance brings us back to the heart of the Father, brings us back to the presence of God. And all things are made new. And all things are made right. There's nothing that we have to go, oh man, I wonder about this, I wonder about that, or I'm so anxious and I'm fearful about this. No. You want to be refreshed. Learn to walk in repentance. We talk about revival a lot around here. We know that revival is coming. We know that people are experiencing it. I know there's revival popping up all over the place. And revival might include extended times of worship. Revival might, might include extra nights during the week. Revival might include certain things. But revival will always include repentance. You, if you have revival without repentance, I'll call you a liar. Revival only comes where there's repentance. John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? He said, hey, I'm going to make all, all the crooked ways, I'm going to make them straight. All the valleys will be brought up. All the mountains will be lo- lowered. Repentance is key to revival. Repentance is key to rest. Repentance is key to being refreshed. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling worried, if you're feeling not right with God, Try repentance. It's a continual invitation. Because you see, there there are times where we'll be walking with him. And then we're sheep. We wander. We go astray. And he brings us back. It's not a one time. Oh, hey, come to me. All right. Done. Over. You got... You got your, your stamp, your passport stamped. You're good. You're going to heaven now. It's over and over and over. There's an ebb and a flow to life. There's a, there's a wandering and a returning that happens. I, I, I wish it didn't happen. I wish that we didn't have to go through that. But, but we're sheep and we wander. We go astray. But this invitation is a continual invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. And come to me continually. I am the gate. The sheep come in and go out. They come in and they go out. Like It's continual. It's over and over and over. Verse number three, it says, He renews my life. Yours might say, He restores my soul. That word means to bring back, to restore, to return back. It, it paints a picture of restoring a car or a house. Kind of bringing back the beauty that's been hidden because of the the tough times, you know. You see a car that's been put aside and and had some rough time, and it's you get somebody that comes back in and restores it, not not just redoes it, but restores it back to the original. And you're like, man, that's what that that's what that dash used to look like right there. That windshield was beautiful. It, it paints this picture. There, there's You You don't have to turn. I'll read it. It's just one verse. Isaiah 50, 58. It's the same word in Psalm 23 3, where he says, He restores my soul. It's the same word in the Hebrew. It says, Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. And this is talking about building it back. And when he says he restores our soul, it means he brings us back to our original design. Our original design is that we were made in the image of our Father. We were made in the image of our Creator. And that, that we were made to walk in unbroken fellowship with him. Like Adam and Eve walked in the garden in the cool of the day with their creator. And we were, we were created for that same unbroken fellowship. That's why when Jesus says, hey, don't, don't freak out right now, guys, but I'm about to have to leave. But it's okay because I'm going to give you someone that's better for you. Jesus' word said that the Holy Spirit is better for us than him. He said because he is the comforter. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will instruct you. And so now when, when we come into those times of refreshing are followed by, by repentance. And he restores our soul. It's, it's not a coincidence that, that that follows. When we repent, he restores. He brings back those things that have been dead, those things that have been dormant. Those, he brings them back to life. Where there was death, like Steve, yeah, Steve, you said it. What a dead man needs more than anything is life. And that's what he does. He restores, he brings back life. Back to the original design. That, that no, matter, no matter how far we've strayed, no matter how far we don't look like who we were supposed to be, when we repent, he restores us. And we're made back into the image of the creator. And then we're made to walk in unbroken fellowship with him. That's the whole whole of it right there of Christianity. It's not to die and go to heaven. It's not to get your stamp. It's not to be saved from hell. It's to walk in unbroken fellowship with the Father. There's a a lot of books being written, TV series being made on what what heaven's gonna look like and what, what hell looks like. And is there heaven? Is there hell? Is it gonna be here? Is it gonna be somewhere else? Heaven is simply unbroken fellowship with the Father. You, you won't care if it's here, you won't care if it's there. You you won't care what it looks like, because it's unbroken fellowship with the Father. And that is what we are created for. When he says he renews my life, the Good Shepherd restores our soul. He leads me along the right paths. I'm sure yours will say, he leads me along paths of righteousness. That word path, if you just get in your mind, it's that like a, a track, a, a trench, a, a rut, which normally a rut is a bad thing. You get stuck in a rut. But, but here it's, that, it's a track that's already been cleared before you. He says he leads us on the paths of righteousness. The Good Shepherd leads and he goes out before us. He, he sets the path for righteousness. He he doesn't say, I want you to walk that path of righteousness. He's already walked it and he says, Come to me. Following the pathway cleared by Jesus. That's what that word means, that, that's what that phrase means, to walk in the paths of righteousness. There are are some words that really get charismatics going because they think that we're free of it. But holiness. We we don't want to talk about holiness because he's made us holy. But he leads us along the paths of righteousness. He is calling us to holiness. It's not striving. It's not by our own works. That's where religion will take you. Charismatics will say, oh, you don't even need that anyways. Religion will say it's by your works that you stay on that path of righteousness. It's not by your works. It's only, the path is only there because it's already been paved with the blood of Jesus Christ. We walk on that path of righteousness. There has to be holiness that we're called to. Without holiness, what are we doing? Without holiness, we look like the rest of the world. What, holiness means to be set apart. Right living has to be a part of what Christianity is. Otherwise, we just all of a sudden look like the rest of the world and they're like, why do we want that? We can have that out here and still go have fun and do what I want to do. Yeah. We are called to holiness, but it's not by our right, by our works. It's not striving that we have to white-knuckle Christianity. That's what religion has made it. But all it is is following the voice of the Father. How do we walk on this path of righteousness? Well, the Word says that His Word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you begin to look at that, you look at those. It, His Word is a lamp for my very next step. Like, it is a Lamp unto my feet. A lamp is small light. It, it's for that next step. But yet it's also a light for my path. He has your next step ordained. And he has your next steps ordained. Like we want to walk on this path of righteousness. This track. This rut. We want to get in here. And we want to follow Jesus. Jesus set the bar of holiness. He walked this earth and he was without sin. And nowhere did in there, it's in Hebrews, nowhere is that. It's not even in the Message Bible does it say, and now you don't have to do that either. He set the bar at holiness, at sinless living, at unbroken fellowship with the Father. And he expects us to do the same. Like, he doesn't say, I did this, but you can't do it. He said, follow me. Come to me. We walk in this path of righteousness because his word. Where do we stray? We stray when we don't know the word anymore. We fear when we don't know the word anymore. We we worry when we don't know the word anymore. We turn to other things when we don't know the word anymore. We We go on our own paths when we don't know the word anymore. We stay on the path of righteousness by his word, by his voice. In that John 10 passage, he said, my sheep know my voice. They don't listen to the voice of the stranger. They know my voice. If you want to stay on that path of righteousness, I can't tell you what it means. It, Bucky, I can't tell you it means you need to quit your job and, and get rid of your car. And what it, I can't tell you what the path is because his voice will tell you. So many times we're like, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know this or that. Should I do this? Does this make sense? Does this not make sense? Listen to his voice. Open up his word. Listen to his voice. That is what's going to set forth that path of righteousness for you. And all of it's for his name's sake. (laughs) It's not for me. He doesn't do all of these great things in my life. He doesn't set me on this path of righteousness so that I can be set apart from the world so that people can look at Jeff Hopkins and go, man, I don't know how he does it. To to look at Roy Sandlin and say, man, Roy Sandlin, he's fought the good fight. Look at him. He served the Lord for a couple of years now. It's all for his namesake, for his glory. Everything that God does, it is for his glory. He his name will be lifted higher than anything else. It is for His glory, but for our benefit. He sets us on paths of righteousness for His glory, for our benefit. It is better for us to walk those paths of righteousness, but it is not for my glory it is not so that I can build my kingdom. It is not so that people can look at me. It is not so that people can desire what I have. It is not for people to acknowledge me. It is for them to see me on that path and acknowledge the Father, to see the benefit that it is. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not his benefits. There is a benefit to walking on the path of righteousness, but it is not for you. It is for him. Where have you been trying to find rest apart from Jesus Christ? And what thing and what person and what food and what destination and what toy and what hobby are you trying to find rest apart from Jesus Christ? Are you willing to acknowledge that today? Repent. And submit to him. Is there something in your life that needs to be restored? A relationship. Your thought life. Your words. Your thoughts about God. Do you need hope, belief to be restored? He is the good shepherd. He brings it back to vitality. Have you strayed from his path? the beauty of straying from his path and getting back on his path is repentance. It's not works. It's not earning. It's like, hey, Lord, I, I got off the path. Okay, now let me begin to earn my way back. It is like repent and you're lifted back over. Have you strayed? when we submit to his authority and th- th- this is from Curtis here Curtis was encouraging me today when we submit to his authority and are willing to be led by him he will refresh and restore our souls we're going to close with prayer my my hope for you is not like you walk out of here and your mind is already on something else my hope is that you can take those questions home with you, you you begin to ask yourself those questions and allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. When he convicts you, don't get offended, don't throw a baby fit, right? When he convicts you, you say, Father, thank you that you love me. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't convict you.
1: <laughs> yeah? But it's when I stopped actively following him, and I fell into a distraction. And you know the enemy's always going to line the path of distraction. Amen. So I just want to testify and give a witness to the word that I feel like Holy Spirit is drawing his church back to him. and saying, you want me? Actively follow me, and I will guard you from the distraction that your appetite
0: always brings around to you every time you get off. Course. Okay? Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you. That was good. The, the goal is to not just hear a good word and go, okay, now on to the next thing, on to work tomorrow. But it's, a, it's to get alone with the Father. To say, okay, Father, I, I hear these questions. And because I hear those questions, here's my answers. And here's how my life is going to look different from this point forward. If there's no heart change if there's no holiness, if there's no change in us, then we're just wasting our time. We're feeling good about ourselves here. We're fooling ourselves that by thinking that, coming to church, checked off the box. So I encourage you today, get alone with the Father. Skip the Super Bowl halftime. It's going to be junk anyways. Get alone with the Father and say, where do you want to lead me and guide me? Father, we thank you for your word. Th- thank you for the lives that are going to be changed and transformed today. Your word, it's, it's not anything that I said, but it's your word that is alive and active, that's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we, I just pray that your word would accomplish what it set out to do today, Father. We love you. We give you praise. We give you glory in your name. Amen. Amen.